Okay, what's going on? Happy uh, week leading up to the NBA trade deadline. See? You thought I was going to say Super Bowl, and I didn't. So, what's up, Saruti? Back in Bristol. Chilling, yeah. I mean, just trying to figure out how the Magic can get involved in this uh, in a three-team trade here to get Lonzo Ball. Well, I thought you were going to say Anthony Davis. And well, not me. Well, I just was double-checking. Trying to be somewhat realistic here. We were going to do a mailbag today, but I knew if we did a mailbag... It would be a lot of what are the Pacers looking to do, and uh, I just don't, I you know, I don't know everything that's going on, so I didn't, I definitely didn't want to do that. They're looking for a wing and a guard now, so there you go, boom. I love going through this stuff with different teams. They're like, all right, uh, wing, big, guard, wing, wing. They're looking for two guards and a wing, and you're just like, all right, well, you know, this isn't. This isn't real specific. And that's the thing is that I always try to caution everybody in talking about this stuff. Is like, okay, what's the newest stuff? And by the time it gets to me, does that mean it's a day old? Does it mean it's four days old? So here's the deal. We'll just run through a bunch of different things. We're going to start with the Anthony Davis thing and kick that around for a while because that's obviously what I've been trying to talk with teams the most about. I talked about six, seven different teams yesterday, a couple agents. And it really comes back down to one thing. All right. So as we're a week out from what's going to happen with Anthony Davis, and that includes maybe nothing, at least before this trade deadline. Uh, it all really, depending on who you talk to, and it's different versions, I think, of the same thing. And it's not always the same, but that's what's Dell Demps going to do. Because Dell Demps is in a weird spot here. The team is owned by the owners of the Saints, right, the Bensons. And it's a little bit in limbo from what I can tell. Uh, it's a basketball team that has a, a football management structure that oversees kind of what they're doing. Uh, Dell has been there a while. It hasn't been really successful. He's done some bad things contractually, but I think you should give him credit for getting rid of some of these contracts and moving on from it. There's also like this weird argument we can even get to too, where, you know, if, if their person is being really difficult, it's like, well, what has Anthony Davis ever really done? Drew Holiday's good and Miritich is good and Randall is good. I think a lot of the problems the Pelicans have had over this entire Anthony Davis thing is they've been incredibly unlucky with health. And then, you know, Drew Holiday missed the time with, with his own health stuff. And then his wife went through some stuff. So he missed time. So there's a lot of stuff. If you look through the Pelicans, you're just like, wait a minute. Gosh. Like, they've never done anything, so how good is this Anthony Davis guy to begin with? So, you know, maybe we can even do that. That's not really my favorite topic there. So let me stay on track here, and it's about trying to read what Dell Demps is going to do. Some teams that I talk to have a decent, I guess, dialogue with him. Other teams are like, yep, you know, don't really have much of a relationship there. That is the job, though. All these people should talk to each other. It always blows my mind when I hear about a GM. They're like, yeah, that guy doesn't return anybody's calls. It doesn't happen very often. I heard about a newer GM recently, but I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not even going to get into that. So if you're Demps and you're looking at the landscape of deals that are out there, and it's more than just the Lakers, okay, there are teams going, what do you want? Like, let us know what we can do to trade for him. So even though the Lakers are brought up all the time for obvious reasons because of Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, Davis is their client, and their number one client happens to be LeBron, and the motivation for LeBron to have more help. I mean, as much as we can sit there and act like they don't like the semantics of LeBron and Clutch and all these things, like it's a reality. Of course, Rich Paul and the agency would want Anthony Davis to be helping out LeBron in L.A. And I think in the conversations that I've I've talked about here that it's almost as if 
when I read the Woj piece from Monday, it's like, hey, he wants a trade and we'll help facilitate that. We want to send him to a place that, you know, can help him compete for a championship. They're not going to come out like they're sensitive to the idea that they're just orchestrating this whole thing to send Anthony Davis to the Lakers, which is still their number one preference. I don't care what they say. That's, that's fairly obvious. You don't need me to tell you that, but they don't want to make it sound uh, like this whole thing is rigged, which some people in the league think it is. So Demps is motivated by what? Um, trying to turn this roster around. I think if you're Demps, you'd have to have a real conversation like with yourself and go, I, you know, I don't know what my future is going to be here. Okay. That's, that's a reality when you have an uncertain management group. So you still would hope the general manager does the job to the best of his abilities. Uh, he does what's best for the team. And I don't know anybody that I've talked to that thinks what's best for the team is to take this Lakers offer that would still be there this summer. And that's whether it's Ingram, who, yes, I know had a really good night the other night and has had this nice little stretch. I just don't think he's ever really going to become – I think you kind of already know what his ceiling is. And I know he's young, but usually if you're young and you're going to be really good, we know by your third year. Lonzo Ball right now, his trade value is as low as it's ever been. He doesn't drive to the hoop. For whatever reason, he went from making free throws in high school in the beginning of his UCLA career to not being able to make them at all. And we know the outside shooting part of this. And I still kind of like his game a little bit, despite all those things. And Kuzma has turned into a terrific energy guy who just goes and goes and goes. I know his defensive numbers stink. I still don't understand why they try to play him against bigs all the time, or they did initially when they were trying at some of these different lineups. But that that group there and the limited trade assets beyond that, I mean, Zubach has been nice. Why would you, if you're Dell Demps, do that deal now knowing you can get the exact same deal this summer? Well, if you're worried that you might not be there this summer, then maybe you're thinking, all right, well, I'm just going to do some kind of deal right now. Um, now, rationally, whenever I talk to different teams, I'm like, well, why would he do that? Or what, what does that make any sense? There is a belief out there, like, hey, man, LeBron and Rich Paul is the most powerful combo you have in the NBA right now. And there's some people that are completely spooked by it. Some people think it's totally overblown. Uh, I think there is truth to it. Like, I feel like if this thing is pulled off by the Lakers for Anthony Davis before the deadline, then you got to kind of believe in some of that boogeyman stuff with, with these two dudes, that they really are calling the shots. Like, one team specifically saying, hey, they're running the NBA, okay? They're running this thing. And I think that's why you had so many people complain about tampering, why this tampering storyline keeps coming out over and over again. To me, worrying about tampering with players is wasting your time. Like, there's no... What's the point of worrying about different players talking to each other? Like, it just... I know it's really frustrating for you as an organization when your guys are getting messed with. And I'm not even saying it's necessarily happening. What I'm saying is when LeBron James is asked about Anthony Davis and he says he's awesome, like, and for other teams to freak out and be like, oh, he's, he's tampering again, I, you know, good luck. Good luck with that argument. To me, I, you know, I don't even know how you make the phone call because it's just, yeah, great. Uh, an awesome player who's influential said my player on my team is really good. Uh, all right, you know, like what am I supposed to do? So whether it's hearing that Toronto would offer up any combination of players other than Kawhi, Milwaukee's trying the same thing, a lot of teams keep getting back to the Knicks and that, you know, if, is there any way that they would do Porzingis? Uh, the problem for the Pelicans is that Porzingis 
is not going to tell, from what I heard last night, Przingis isn't going to tell the Pelicans anything because the Pelicans still have to figure this thing out. Like They can't trade for Przingis and be like, hey, by the way, I'm out of here. Um, and the Pels, I don't think are going to get any assurances for Przingis because I think we've learned from Przingis uh, not only you know do I love him as a player, um, could he be a little burnout on the Phil transition and the Knicks thing and – can he be difficult? Yeah, like I, I think some people could describe him that way, but I don't know that Przingis needs to do the Pelicans any kind of favor by saying ahead of time, yeah, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Like I, I want to be in New Orleans for the, for a really long time. Like I don't think that's really who Przingis is. Uh, the other rumors of would Golden State kick the tires on this from people that I talked to yesterday, the conversation doesn't go any further than, all right, say in a hypothetical world, the Warriors were like, maybe we could add Anthony Davis to what we have here. And could we do some clay combination? You know, and then people start talking crazy and being like, all right, clay and Draymond on this whole thing. That conversation doesn't get any further than do you think clay's resigning in New Orleans? Cause he isn't. And even if you're Dell Demps trying to scrape together anything, you're not going to do, yeah, let me get clay here for two months, make an impression on him, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, he's not, he's not resigning there. You might as well just trade him to Lakers. Hold on and, real quick. Yeah. Cause this just popped into my mind because I know we were texting about this yesterday. Does Duran have a no trade clause? Uh, I've brought this up before. Because um, <laughs> if you know you're going to lose him, although why right. would why would why would the Pelicans take him? They're not. It's the same thing as the Clay thing. Um, very few players have a no trade clause. I'll double check on Durant right now. Um, I, I mean, you, I mean, it just, it's, you said it's the same thing. Like he's obviously not going to commit to the Pelicans. The Pelicans, even if they can get him for a half season, what's the point? Right, now we can start getting back to how good the Lakers deal is, okay? Because then you could be like, all right, well, at least I have all these young players under control and they can't just bounce the whole time. So whatever Dell Demps is capable of here, and that's that's the thing, is like I'll talk to a team, I'll talk to a team, and then it always ends up with like, what do you think Dell Demps will do? I'm like, I don't know, what do you think he's going to do? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. And then you go, okay, well, I don't, why would you limit the market to the Lakers deal now knowing that there's going to be more people involved this summer. And as weird as the Celtics deal is, because you gotta get Kyrie to opt out, and with those four picks, where it's Sacramento top one protected, it's Memphis top eight protected, it's the Clippers lottery protected, and then their own pick. All those picks right now don't look like they're gonna be as good as you thought they would be. Cause Sacramento's been far more competitive. Memphis is falling off. We can get to some of their trade guys a little bit later. Um, and the Clippers, you know, if, if they just miss the playoffs now, then you're not even getting that pick, right? So on top of that, you would have to do that deal. You'd have to do it in theory a week or so before you could even do it. So then you're doing the draft for the Pelicans. Not impossible, but kind of dicey. You know, it, it's not, it's not ideal. But then there could be some sort of trade in the next week that adds an asset to another team that we're not even talking about that then has this asset in place that they're able to do some kind of deal in June anyway. So I'm going to sound really repetitive on this, but that's the whole point. It's like we can talk about all of these different teams and everybody that has has a, wants a place at the table because everybody's calling, right? I, I don't I don't know the specifics of every team and what they're offering up, but everyone's calling to try to figure out a way to get this guy and what people can't figure out is would Dell just say whatever 
if I'm not here this summer, I don't want to wait for that deal because I might not even make an, be making the call. So let me try to do something to salvage this. Or he may say, hey, I might not be here this summer, so I don't even want to be the guy that trades Anthony Davis. Let the next guy do it. And these are all real, I think, concerns. Like None of this is, is far-fetched. It's just it's the unique situation where it's not like a Danny Ainge. It's not... Um, a Bob, it's not somebody who, no matter what, is going to have that job for years and years and years. He's, you know, he's in a really tough position because of what you have with ownership and how the management structure is dealing there. And, you know, the other part is that there's a Davis conversation where, you know, you make this announcement with your agent and whatever, you can get into the semantics that Rich Paul made the announcement and then he tells Woj and he wants the trick. And then Anthony Davis doesn't even talk to the media. Like he shows up and then doesn't have anything to say. So how ugly is this going to get for him during some home games here? Um, and does it become something where the team feels like they have to go ahead and make some sort of move? I mean, to, for me, if the Lakers, if the best deal on the table right now is, is Ingram, Kuzma and whatever, I will, I'll just be like, all right, you know what? We'll, we'll talk to you guys in June, even, even if there's uncertainty there. So there you go. We just researched the no trade clause there. Durant doesn't have one. He's eligible for one, but um, you know the no trade thing is is something that's a lot harder to pull off than just in baseball, where it's like, hey, put in a no trade clause, and you're like, all right, cool, no problem. Okay, let's talk about clothing, and let's talk about looking good, because when you're going to be doing it big and going to weddings, special events, you want to look fresh, but it has to be convenient. That's where the BlackTux.com comes in. The Black Tux has awesome suits and tuxedos in all kinds of styles, and you rent them online. The Black Tux offers the kind of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, and you might only wear it once. But with the Black Tux, you can do you and blow it out for your big one-time event. I did buy a, uh, a tux once, and yeah, I've only worn it a couple times, and I don't even think it, I don't even know if I know where it is now. I may have just bounced on the whole thing. That's why I should have just rented it all the time. So try out a new look, do something different, and take your style to the next level with Black Tux Free Home Try-On. You can see the fit, feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. And remember how simple returns are. Wear it. Turn heads. Then send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free both ways. Stand out at your event for the right reasons with the Black Tux. To get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com and enter the code Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's theblacktux.com, code Ryan. For $20 off your purchase, the Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. So I don't know how much other stuff I... I mean, I actually could keep going if, if... you know, I, I obviously that's the goal of the podcast well, here. So, but I do want to, you know, you're always kind of my, as I've gone through that rant, try to figure this out. I think that all makes a lot of sense with still the uncertainty around the league. Like, hey, what do you think? What's going on here? All right. Well, you know, what do you think what they would do here? Well, who's offering up this? And then it's like, yeah, but I don't know what Dell's going to do. Like, what, what do you think he's going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. So there you go. That's it. You know, what's kind of interesting to me though is, is the disdain around the league now for the, for this whole Lakers deal, right? Cause you got Pop, who's apparently, and I'm, uh, Stephen A was talking about this this morning. I know other people have had this as well saying to Dell, Hey, don't, don't feel like you just have to, you know, cave into whatever the Lakers want. And it seems like people around the league are tired of the, what's happening. And it's this whole, all right. So you, you know, you've, you've been with a team for six years. You ask for the trade now because then you can, you know, get to a new team and still sign that Supermax contract, right? So they've basically found a loophole around 
trying to around the original thing the NBA did to try to keep small market teams, you know, keep their stars. And it's it's actually screwing them over in multiple ways. One, look at the John Wall contract. And now teams like, you know, the Pelicans are screwed because a year and a half out, Anthony Davis is like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. And I can get my money if I go to L.A. now. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what there's resentment because like this all gets back to that tampering thing. You know, why were we talking about tampering all the time? Right. Why in the beginning of the year? You're like, wait a minute. What? Why are people mad? LeBron said Anthony Davis is good. You know, and they're like, why did he have to say anything? And I was like, I actually think that that was them proving like, what's wrong with me saying a player's good, so I'm not going to shy away from it. And then it was like, oh, he's tampering, he's tampering. And then Woj would be like, the NBA has reissued their statement warning teams about tampering. And then there was a feeling around the league, like as soon as LeBron went there, they're like, oh, so LeBron can just do all Magic's bidding. And and I'm I just I listen to it and go, yeah, man, who cares? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Tell guys to stop talking to each other? Like, you can't control it. So I think that there's an extra layer of animosity for this because it's, oh, here we go again. The Supermax incentives have... I can't really say that they've backfired. It's just that the unintended consequences of everybody making so much money now... And like, if you were making $15 million and then you were offered $20 million by the home team over a five- or six-year contract, you'd be like, all right, well... I'm just going to take the extra five million a year and the extra raises. Now, when it's like, oh, I can make forty or forty-five million, eh, who cares? And that's what's that's what's <laughs> happened. So when you look at the way the new CBA was structured, and you go, okay, so they're really trying to implement some ways to keep their stars. Okay, that makes sense. You know, the league historically didn't want this. They wanted guys to play in cities for ten plus years and be identified with a franchise. I mean, that was the old David Stern line where. You know, if they said, why do you have these mechanisms to keep players in place and the bird rights and all these things, he'd be like, who did David Winfield play baseball for? I guess that was the story that I used to hear that David Stern would say. And you'd be like, well, uh, the Padres, the Yankees, the Twins. Oh, okay. And be like, right. Who did Larry Bird play for? Who played for the Celtics? I don't think that's, you know, some of the stuff when I, when I look at like the way this is covered, I don't think it's wrong for, (laughs) for a league to go, We'd love to have it be that a star stays with his team for the majority of his career. I don't think that's like an evil thing. But then to say we not we want zero player movement and the right for players to be able to choose where they want to go, well, that doesn't sound right either. You know, if there were ever any kind of franchise tag, you know, you just have to fight it completely if you were the players. And then the players would probably vote something in and be like, well, you can have the franchise tag in five years so it affects the next generation <laughs> well, after we're done making all of our money. I always think about this too. Like, yeah, imagine if there was no franchise tag in the NFL, like how many quarterbacks would move, right? Exactly. Like, there's no I mean, quarterback movement now because of that. If exactly. It would be like the NBA if that was the case, if they if they didn't have a franchise tag. Right. So it, even though it makes it exciting, you know, and it, it's fun, and it's added this soap opera element to the league that we've been you know, really obsessed with for eight plus years. Uh, I can understand the NBA and NBA owners being like, what the hell are we supposed to do? But I don't think any of them ever thought like, okay, well, let's just come up with super maxes and, you know, we'll offer a kid 249 million the summer before he's up. And then he, wait a minute, he's going to say no. He's saying no. Like what? Like that's insane. And you know what? Like if the, the guy said no, like, you know, People used to kill players all the time for taking every last dollar, and now the players aren't taking every last dollar, and we're killing them again. So, the thing that would annoy me though is like when you look at the situation, like the Pelicans, you're like, okay, like they, you know, as you said, Dell Dems didn't do the greatest job. You could have been done. They've been unlucky, but 
I could see why Anthony Davis is like, hey man, like I'm just kind of treading my, you know, treading the tires here. Like I'm not going anywhere. I want to go to a place that wins. But then, you know, a small market team like OKC that's loses Durant in a summer, the, you know, the year that they basically came a game short of the finals, like that to me, I'd be way more upset about. Um, but like, how are you ever going to just legislate where guys want to play? Like you can, they're going to figure it out no matter what the rules are. And it, unless you, and, and if, and if, and if they can't, then the rules have probably gone too far. Yeah, that's the thing is you hear, okay, well, what's, what's the next wave of, of things to be able to do here? And I don't know, the extra money didn't work. It's not working because it also coincided with just an insane spike in the salary cap. So part of me respects that the players can just kind of do what they want, but I can't imagine how frustrating it would be to run one of these teams. You go, oh, cool. Like my guy, you know, I'm, I'm three months away from my guy, you know, hanging a sword over my head. Cool. This is awesome. You know, oh, you're just going to go to the Lakers? Like, of course, Pop, it's extra there, okay? It's the Lakers, it's LeBron, it's Magic. And if Pop is saying to Dell Demps, hey, don't just do the Lakers deal, well, there's a basketball reason for that, but there's also an animosity reason for that. But then I look and be like, okay, so what's Toronto going to do? Toronto could offer up, and Masai will do anything, okay? Masai, he's not going to worry about it. He'll be like, all right, you know, pick three guys. I mean, would you do Lowry and Siakam and Ananobi? And I'm sure there's going to be Raptors fans be like, all right, I'd do two of the three, but not all three. You know what I mean? And you get into that Lakers thing. Like, remember the Lakers thing was maybe Ingram and Ball and Harp, but not Kuzma. And you're just like, shut up. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's Anthony Davis. Just whatever you – hey, pick whoever you want. Yeah, figure it out. Like, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, just let us know and just name guys, and we're not even going to say stop. All right. Hey, what are the chances, by the way, we're doing this in the middle of next year trade deadline with Giannis? He's well, got Giannis two years is different because deal. he he hasn't. Um, I gotta look at because the Giannis thing. He's got he's he's got two years left at about twenty five and twenty seven million, and then he's an unrestricted free agent twenty twenty one. Because that's the next guy. Yeah. It is. I remember remember Woj coming on with us. Like, oh, yeah. I'm still doing the radio show. And he was like, yep. That was shots fired. Everybody's gearing up for him. So, wait a minute. You have his contract in front of you right now? Yeah. So, he's two years. Le- so, next year he's making 25, almost 26. The year after, 27 and a half. And then t- the summer of 2021, he is a free agent. Undestricted. So. So, he's basically, he has a year extra on his contract than compared to Anthony Davis right now. So basically, he'd be in the exact same position next year as Anthony Davis is yeah, in right now. Now, right. And then this is, I'm just pulling up something here. Former GM says he'd bet every, anything. There's no way in hell Giannis is staying in Milwaukee for a second deal. I would bet everything I own. <laughs> All right, but that's a former, what year is this article? All right, so that was last fall. But yeah, Woj came on with us when I was still doing the radio show, being like, everybody's lining up for Giannis. Um, you know, Milwaukee's apparently trying to figure something out here but what's what's the package there chris middleton and eric bledsoe or brogdon maker yeah. <laughs> maker you know then they're like man kuzma kuzma's starting to sound pretty good what you're doing here if you're the pelicans is you're trying to figure out any way that one of the pieces is nice the butler deal to minnesota i always use that one as an example because at least chicago was like all right we're getting a lottery pick here at seven 
and we like marketing, maybe he's the guy. You know, maybe Zach Levine turns into something where it's like, okay, he's the guy. It gives us a shot at it. And as much as I'd like to think, you, you've got to be able to figure out a way to do a little bit better than than Kuzma being the best player. Or, you know, maybe some people would argue our our analytics guys on .com said Lonzo's the best piece going back. That kind of blew my mind. Um, I'm like, really? But And then there was stuff this morning, too, where it was a Lakers reporter. And it was funny because she was saying, talk to a source who said, Lonzo would be a star in New Orleans. <laughs> I was like, okay, was is the source from New Orleans? Yeah, though? that whole report, by the way, about him like wanting to be the guy. That to me, you know, he wanted to be the point guard of the future wherever he goes. That to me is just all about he doesn't want to play in New Orleans. He just wants to go somewhere else. Right. Like, that's but, the excuse, quote unquote. But that's just it's just like, hey, I don't don't you know don't trade for me. I don't want to be here. Yeah, you know that's that's the challenge of of the Pelicans right now because this is. You know, this is going to be really disappointing. I, mean, I know that sounds fairly obvious. Be like, oh, really? That's going to suck, Ryan? Great. Glad to subscribe, rate, review the podcast. <laughs> um, but. I mean, teams have done worse. I don't know, but. Yeah, but I just, I was reading some of this stuff this morning and I was like, my gosh. Like the Lakers stuff is so over the top out here. I, you know, I knew it was, but just it's, it's different in that it's, um, you know, it's almost kind of like, well, hey, we're the Lakers. We're just going to get them. So, like, what, yeah, but if you're, what's the holdup? If you're there's them, an arrogance there that is is earned too. You know, it's not it's not like yeah, but they've also str- I mean, they've failed doing that. So I'm not saying they will this time. But if you're them, do you you know before in these next nine ten days before the deadline, like do you say whatever you want? Like we just want him, or do you actually hold some cards and, and wait till the summer? No, I wouldn't wait till the summer. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No, I found the Lakers. I, w- I would do whatever. It doesn't matter. LeBron is the only guy I'm not trading. I don't. I don't care. I'm not worried about this. Um, I I thought, you know, the Paul George thing. It didn't work out because they had two different shots at trading for him, and they're like, ah, we'll just get him for free. I don't. I don't think that stuff works all the time. You don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I was listening to one ESPN show, watching it, where they started kind of dogging Magic and Palinka for not having better assets. And you're like, okay, well, that's insane because they took Ingram too when he was the only guy that was supposed to go too. They took Lonzo too when a lot of teams are, you know, you can do the second guessing thing and say, all right, well, you know, Donovan Mitchell, but that's totally unfair because the funny thing is yeah, if you no. had Donovan Mitchell right now, you wouldn't trade him um, if you were on the Lakers because that's kind of the way it works. It's the same way with Boston telling everybody don't even ask about Tatum. But I don't know, you know, would you hold out hope there to be like, if it really comes down to it, I have a better offer and I go to Boston and be like, look, you can have Anthony Davis, but it's going to take Tatum and Tatum trumps everybody else, but I'm not doing it for Jalen Brown and having to pay Jalen Brown and these draft picks that aren't as good right now. And Rozier, who's a backup, you know, I know what he did in the playoffs, but I don't, I'm not doing this. I'm supposed to trade Anthony Davis for Jalen Brown and, and Rozier in a, in a pick outside of the lottery. Peace. Not doing that. So, um, you know, getting back to some of these other things here, you know, whether it's the Kyrie stuff where depending on who you talk to, either really, really confident that Kyrie's staying in Boston, no problem whatsoever. But as I've mentioned a couple times, you know, LeBron was going to stay in Miami until he looked around in the finals and goes, we're getting smoked, I'm out of here. 
LeBron was supposed to stay in Cleveland maybe one more year, make it through the East, get back to another NBA Finals for nine years. And then he looks around and he's like, I, the East stunk. That's the only reason why we got through this. I'm not just going to sit around and have my brains beaten by the Warriors here in the Finals again. So I'm out. And maybe there's some version of Kyrie's story with the Celtics, despite all the positivity and everybody saying he's resigning, where they lose in the second round. I don't think it's impossible to say that now because of how – I don't even think it's remotely impossible. If you've watched the Celtics play throughout the entire season, and I know they played the Warriors close, but, uh, you know, they're just, they're not what we expected them to be now. And we're into, we're going to be into February here. And what if they were to lose or, you know, forget, say, say it's in the second round and they're not as competitive as we expect the Celtics to be. Does Kyrie look around and be like, yeah, this isn't really working the way I thought it was going to be. And is Kyrie influential in talking to Anthony Davis about going somewhere with him? And then you're not even talking about the Lakers or, you know, is there some weird Kyrie Durant thing that pops up here? So I think that kind of covers most of it, um, other than Memphis trying to move Gasol and, and Conley, which I thought it was great that Memphis was like, all right, we just want to be about two years past Gasol having value. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we want to do this Gasol trade? Well, let's compete. Let's compete. But let's make sure that Gasol's toast and then we'll ask around to see what kind of trade offers we can get for him and i don't mean to say that he's he's toast it's just they had that nice little spark at the beginning of the year you're like how come memphis is good are they good what's wrong like have i not figured out memphis why is memphis good and then everybody says stuff like oh they're deep and it's not that they they make shots but they take the right shots and they're 12 and 5 and you're trying to sit there and talk on tv about why the memphis grizzlies are good and you can't really figure it out and you know i don't know why it's because they're not <laughs> they they lose a ton of games and all the all the stupid things you were saying on TV where you're trying to make reason sound cool about why they're winning. It just their cultures, right? And they just kind of fit in pieces, and, the, and it's just like everyone knows their role. And it's just uh, you know they're you know those two guys don't forget you know Conley, and then they start losing to everybody, and you're like, oh okay, so maybe I shouldn't have been. Yeah, thrown I remember off why? That. Well, it's I, like Gasol is like the the poster child for like. How does he even exist now in the NBA? He can't move. I know he could shoot still, but like he's big, who just cannot move. So who's like, what is he? Where does he fit in today? In a salary dump for somebody else? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I keep. Somebody I keep who's really to, desperate to get Conley. Yeah, I mean Conley. Everybody should be trying to get him, you know. Um, but well, everyone, you know, that it makes sense. I'm, you know, obviously, there's plenty of teams that don't need him because of the depth of the position right now. But every thing I keep hearing, and you know, this is the kind of thing where it's like, hey, if I get it right, congratulate me if it ends up being old news and I'm wrong, leave me alone. Um, but Detroit seems to be linked to them more than than any other teams that I've heard, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that that's gonna happen. Real quick though, I wanted to follow up on the on the Lonzo thing. I think I had more respect for Lavar when he did call everybody out. Because that guy is completely disappeared. And I know that there's one part of it where you know, there's family stuff that's been going on there for a while. So if that's the case, then I should just shut up. But I don't know. <laughs> it seems real convenient. As much as I had heard LeBron, you know, in the hypotheticals of would he go to the Lakers, and it was like, well, he's not going to like to deal with any of that stuff, so that's going to have to change. And it changed the day he got there. And that doesn't sound like big baller brand to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, all things, like we hit up his guy yesterday to come on Will's show, and it was crickets, so. Uh, Wait a minute. Who? We hit his guy. His like you know the guy that you reach out to if you want Levar on. 
Oh, wait a minute. So is there we like did, a first take did. hotline that he has access to? That, yeah, and all, that all the talent there. guys here at ESPN have this guy's number. If you want LeVar, you just text this guy and uh, just crickets, nothing. So I don't know if that, like you said, I don't know what the deal is. If it's LeBron coming in saying, dude, this isn't happening on my watch. Oh, I see. I think that's 100% what you it think- is. But I, you know, I don't want to sound insensitive by eliminating what because there just aren't a ton of pro LeVar guys. Now. No, no. So, you know, well, a year well, ago. Why would shut up? I mean, who cares? Like, what, what are they going to do? Trade that's what I'm son? saying. Right, they're already, he's already on the block. If I want the Zoe fours, why, like, so wait, you're going to stop talking because, because LeBron's there now? That doesn't, that doesn't sound like a guy who would go on first take and say Jordan couldn't garden today. Who <laughs> <laughs> averaged like two points a game in college. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the hell, hell that's all. Wasn't about. there a report too that I, this made me laugh that uh, they were blaming the the Zos, the Zo shoes for his for for Lonzo's bad ankle problems, <laughs> and they're like he's, he's got to wear these Nikes because if he keeps wearing his own shoe, he's gonna like end his career. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Because that know is about. awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe that was just some hoops hype rumor, but I don't know. But yeah. That's, uh, I, you know, I don't even know what to say there. You know, I just know, I remember Lebetard was pro, he loved him, right? Cause he was just somebody that went against the grain and, you know, Dan, Dan kind of roots for those people, right? And then even Dan, when the shoes came in and they were the wrong ones and the wrong size and they were late, like the shoes came in way after they were supposed to and they were the wrong ones. <laughs> Dan like wave white flag. He's like, all right, enough. he's like, enough, enough. Yeah, they're they're like rating on their website. They all had one stars, and then they started going after people who were calling them out, calling them small ballers. <laughs> <laughs> so if you left a negative comment yeah. on the website, they called you was a small baller. Who was running their PR fire <laughs> festival? I don't know. Yeah, Billy, <laughs> Billy McFarland's just on there. Billy, like, whatever. Ja. You don't have the fire, brah. Uh I did an hour long fire festival recap with the barstool guys. <laughs> I heard, and I thought I thought your number one pick for uh, the Mount Rushmore was the was the one hundred because when you said it was like you know, I'm going to take the big man in the '80s or what was it the big man in the '80s, right? I yeah. think everybody kind of assumed you were going one way, but yes, your yes. pick of when you know they said do not say this is Pablo Escobar's island, and that's the first thing they did in the promotion video was the hardest I laughed in the entire doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked when Billy McFarland said, you know, this whole thing is going to be able to like just relive the Pablo Escobar experience. But like, wait a minute, am I going to be beheading people? <laughs> like, what? Which, which, where are the machetes? <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, and I'm, I don't mean to laugh about this. I like when he was he was pitching it to the models. He's like, yeah, you're just going to take your average American loser, then he's going <laughs> to he's going to live this. And I keep. Thinking that not enough attention has been paid that I think it was supposed to be back-to-back weekends. The festival was then supposed to continue the next weekend. And Dream big, you know, dude. And you know what I thought was lame was that was that comedian that was on, and he just started making fun of like, oh, if you had thousands of dollars to go to Blink-182. Uh, like, oh, oh, yeah, I know. That, yeah. the, I, the, the comedian layup late-night talk show joke thing. Where it's, okay, hey, you're on. And that's the job sometimes. Like, hey, what do you think of this fire festival? All right, well, I'll just rip on everybody and, you know, everybody's a moron and, you know, I'll get the laughs. And that's kind of the easy A to B thing for a comedian. But I don't understand why people think it's so 
it's so cool to make fun of the people who just went, hey, this video looks sick. Everybody's talking about it. It could be this incredible party. It's going to be in the Bahamas. I have the money to pull off maybe this one. Fe- maybe you're rich and you can do it all the time. Or maybe it was like, hey, I'm going to do my one festival this year. It's going to be this one. And there's still some faith in humanity that if you're advertising this stuff, it's actually going to be a real concert. Yeah, the tent sucked. But I don't, I don't get why everybody was so anti. It's just millennials get beat up all the time. Oh, yeah. But and, I think it was a big cat who said, like, it's a good idea. Somebody's going to copy it. Like, it's, it was a great, you just need more than, like, what, six months to plan it. Yeah, you don't need the dumbest kid just saying, hey, every problem, what's going, we're not a problem business, oh, we're yeah. a solutions business. Like, what, what pamphlet, CEO pamphlet did you read that out of? And that's the thing is, like, I really believe in this post Steve Jobs world and so many kids reading that book, I'll, I'll always believe that there's just people walking around that think they're entrepreneurs that just want to have the role. They just want to be able to say, okay, well, I have this idea. I'm going to get some funding and this is how it works. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Do you actually want to run the company and create a product that's good? Well, I kind of just want private jets and a Maserati. And then, you know, after three or four years when it bombs out, I'll just come up with another idea. It's like, well, so are you really an entrepreneur or are you just a fraud? It's like, well, I'm, I don't know. What's you tell me? Like, what's the difference? And I'll just be really, really difficult. And when anything comes along, like I'll just be like Steve Jobs and just go, "Well, whatever. I, I don't accept that and make it better." It's like, yeah, but Steve Jobs at least was coming from a position of like actually of doing something really important. Like he created something with his guys. He created Apple. Like that was a real thing. So I don't, you know, maybe he was difficult back then too. But you can't just be a twenty-five-year-old kind of chubby dude going, "I love parties in the Upper West Side." And although the Upper West Side is probably a little family oriented for him, it probably wasn't his deal. Um, well, that's why know, I, I think just, some of that Silicon Valley stuff is a little bit fraudulent, only because like that's how a lot of those bit. guys think is, you know, they they're just going to have idea after idea. They're going to get funding, and yeah. if it doesn't work, then who cares? Like if they fail, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah, it's not you know my I mean? money. Yeah, they'll just have another idea the next week, and so failing on you know in Silicon Valley is different than failing in almost any other place in the United States. I was just kicking around like looking at real estate. In Palo Alto, it's yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Like whatever you think it is, just go on Zillow and type in stuff. Type in a two bedroom, seventeen hundred square feet. I saw one the other day. It was two bedrooms, maybe nineteen hundred square feet. It was four point eight million, and it looked like it looked like a house that you know how like if you you get a girlfriend and you're bringing her back for college the first time, you know, like that's going to be kind of like. I know this sounds terrible, but like there'll be a girl you, you grew, you know, whatever. You're dating a girl in college is maybe the first time you like run into having to go like where she's from or she's going back to where you're from. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, look, that's just the way it works. It can sound really, really shallow, but you could just look it up and, and see the house and go, oh, all right. You know, this is, this is where this family's at. Um, and I know I, I found, I feel terrible to even say, but like whatever, man, this is kind of how, how things operate. Yeah, it's life. I mean, and, um, you know, there's a long time where we're, I would have never, you know, wanted anybody to come back and, and see my house. And then there was a time where it was like, cool, come check out my house. But this house that I looked up that was almost $5 million looked like a house that you wouldn't be even that pumped to bring somebody to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just makes me realize that the, you can't call it all fraudulent, but you just say, there's so much money. I want the next idea. And then if it's one person that vouches for this one person that's starting a company, then no one else wants to be left out of it. 
and they're just all decide like I'm going to invest, I'm going to invest, and I don't, you know, I I can't miss a really, oh no kidding, really a flying, a, a flying surfboard, you know, really, that sounds amazing. Everybody's going to want that. I'm like, yeah, have you been able to, you know, did any of the models work yet? No, eh, we're testing. Okay, I'm in. It's going to be huge. I don't know. I came up. I wish I'd come up with something better than flying surfboard, but I really rather. You know, what if I'd come up with a really good invention out of nowhere just now, and then everybody takes it? So. There you go. So anyway, Fire Festival, uh, yeah, I, I believe that there will be some sort of rebranding, a remake of it and the whole thing, and who knows, maybe that kid will end up making cash on it. I want to ask you some questions about the Super Bowl real quick before we finish up. Okay. What are you guys doing Super Bowl content-wise? Because I was Oof. thinking about what I wanted to do for the podcast, and there's almost nothing I want to talk about because it's the same Patriot stories over and over again, which are completely overshadowing, I think, this really good Rams team. So it feels like everybody is so on the Patriots. I'm starting to lean Rams now. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I w- as soon as the uh, as soon as both what well, two Sundays ago when when we had the matchup, I was like I, Patriots minus whatever. I don't care now. Uh, I don't know too much. Too, everybody's on the Pats, but then again, I look at it. I'm like, can they lose two years in a row? I don't know. Well, because of what the Pats did this year. I mean, I know they're in my head. They were. I didn't even pick the Chiefs game because I didn't want to pick against them. Because in my head, I'm going, they're going to beat them. Like the Chiefs, they're the better team, they're the better team. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. And for all the people that picked the Chargers, they're freaked out. And then just as many people that were like, okay, they're not going to go on the road and, you know, look at the Patriots' road record. Like there's all these things that happen where you're here on the read, read up or lead up to the whole thing and reading about all the different stuff. Like Bill Vinovich, Rams 0-8 in Bill Vinovich officiated games. They win the Saints game and then... Now, these guys are all from California. So it's this huge. Yeah. And when somebody says, you know, he's, he's a couple hours away from LA, I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's just north of the city or he's depending on the, the traffic? That's the dumbest story ever too. Because if it, if it is true that the NFL and that somehow the NFL was worried about that after the fact and then they let that get out, that's them prolonging the story and making themselves look dumb for longer. You know what I mean? Like, why would you even, why would you even bring that up? Why would that even get out of your inner circle? Because we kind of stopped talking about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, all four of these guys from LA, which I don't think any other, I don't think any other news outlet had that except for the NFL's internal talkings about it. You know what I mean? Well, the Saints started up with it. Like all the Saints people immediately brought it up after the fact. But that always gets back to like my college football rant about life is that now that that blown call was different. It was a different kind of blown call because it was so obvious. It was at the very end. It was this call that everybody expects to happen all the time now with the way PI is called. And it's pretty straightforward. They make that call. The Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Like it's kind of that simple. Um, and spare me your screen grabs about face masks because we can, we can do it on both sides. But it just turns into this thing like, all right, let me look up these guys. Be like, oh, they're all from L.A. Okay, that's what happened. That's what happened. And th- that's why anytime people bring up this stuff and you just go, so what did they do? They're like, hey, let's let's let the Rams get back in this one. And then, uh, you know, we're just going to play it straight for a while. And then let's just pray we have this this completely one play altering thing that we don't we don't throw a flag on because we're all from See, LA. our girl smallman thinks that obviously she is the most biased person here uh you know lives in st louis has a radio show there she thinks that the nfl was in on it because they wanted they wanted the the nfl la thing to work out so bad that they needed one of these teams to be in the super bowl 
And I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, just, I just I just can't go there with you. No. I mean, but people people love this stuff. They suck it up. Oh, people love conspiracies, of course. They can't they can't get enough of this stuff. So, but content wise, it's been. Ugh. I mean, we yeah. What are of, you guys talking about? Is my point. We haven't really. We sort of just put it aside for like a, a week, like right. You know, we talked about the games last week. You know, for a couple of days, and then we just sort of moved off of it. And we're probably going to pick it back up today. But you know, some of the things that we've been kicking around are like, you know, if Brady loses again and he gets to five hundred in Super Bowls, or you know, or because because everybody looks be at five little, and four or five and four. So if if he loses another one and say, I don't say he ends up be, finishing five hundred in Super Bowls in his career, like how bad. Would that affect his legacy at all? Now we're doing, of course, the legacy conversations. Yeah, I think he's immune from the legacy now thing. It just, it's, that's, that's a, I would pass on that topic in the pre-show. Yeah, and then what's the, uh, over under one and a half more Super Bowl wins for the Pats in this window, in this, in this, you know, with this including, squad, including, including this, this season. weekend? Yep. I think I took the under on that like eight years ago. I took the under, but I don't know. I don't feel great about it. The weird thing will be is, is the new form of the Patriots going to be this coasting thing where they don't look as good in the regular season again and then everybody's just waiting for them to turn it on in the playoffs. Because they do evolve. When we were talking with Wickersham about it last week, they evolve kind of better than I think any team year to year that I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't even think – I don't even know who would be in the conversation. Like figuring out who they are, identifying the things they do right, identifying the things they don't do well. And then just becoming that team. And then the last month of the season, they look a certain way and, you know, it's on. Cause, you know, they shouldn't have lost the Dolphins game. The Steelers game could have gone either way. So, but just because they beat the Bills, that was weird late in the year. We're like, okay, they figured this thing out. But then, you know, they smashed the Chargers and they, shutting out the Chiefs. I still cannot believe the Chiefs got shut out in a half of football with that team this year. Okay. Before I finish those thoughts real quick, ESPN podcast that can improve your life. Listen up. Valentine's Day is the time for rookie moves. Leave it to the pros at edible arrangements. It's the freshest fruit married with the finest chocolate artfully arranged to make a big impression. And with over 20 decadent Valentine's Day gifts and arrangements to choose from, you don't have to be exclusive. Mm, I see what you're doing there. It doesn't make a difference. If it's for that special someone or all of your special someones, when you feel love, share love with Edible Arrangements. Stand out from the crowd this Valentine's Day. It pays to plan ahead. Order by February 10th and take 20% off all pickup orders over $50. Stop by your local Edible Arrangements and experience love at first bite or order online and have it delivered at edible.com. Is uh is Will down there? Is he going down there? Are they doing first take no, from there? No, first take is there, but he is not there. First takes there, he's not there. Yeah, and we've sort of scaled back the, you know, it's funny, like, when I first started and was working on with you guys, with, with SVP and you, you know, the whole Super Week thing was such a big deal. And now, like, ugh, I don't, I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I just pass on all these guests. Like, we, none of them, you know, they all, they're all plugging something. It's always kind of boring. So we just kind of pass on the whole thing. Now, if we were down there, maybe it'd be a different story, but I'm not even that mad about it. No, I think the thing is, is it's just from a, a show thing, it's weird if you're not there industry-wise. Probably. That's that's what I think is the thing that I was, you know. Golka Wingo and Stephen A are there. You know, Levitard obviously never goes. Um, although it's in Miami next year, so who knows what they're going to do. Probably not go still. So cool. I know. Um, Anti-establishment. Yeah, I don't... I. I the radio row thing and all that, like I can understand hating it, but I also think that 
there's a kind of industry thing where you're, you know, like it was awesome when Scott and I were part of the main stage and we were doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. It was sick. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, awesome it was to be on the main television studio stage and to be doing your show from there and feeling like, hey, this is a big deal. But yeah, the guests, like I agree with Levitard on that one when they pass on all the guests. Uh, well, they just have Kenny G on every day during Super Bowl. Are they still now. doing that? Yeah, well, at least they did uh, Monday, I think, and yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the the whole, hey, we're, we're able to get you, um, we got you guys San Antonio Holmes, but he's here with Skechers. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he's 15 minutes late. Yeah, right. And he's late. <laughs> and I don't know whether or not San Antonio Holmes is punctual, but that's just an example. Be like, hey, we're going to. George Bland is here. He's doing a <laughs> thing for Dickies. Nah, does he, he looks, yeah, he looks like yeah. he played football. He's doing something with Dickies. Just make sure you get a Dickies mention in there. Because <laughs> that, that part sucks. But I think specific to even this matchup is that you can't, like, what do I mean for Goff's legacy? You'd be like, okay, cool. He's got a Super Bowl at a really young age, and this McVay thing's insane, and the oh, guy well, delivered. That, that's another thing. That's another thing we were doing. I would like to hear your opinion on this. Uh, after Brady Belichick, who takes over as like the the best head coach quarterback combo? Because is it Brady Goff? <laughs> is it McVay Goff? I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Mc, Brady Goff would be a whole different story. If Brady coached him next <laughs> yeah, year, McVay were Brady fired. That would be a couple <laughs> days out of that, definitely. Uh God, I mean, I feel like McVay can do anything. You know, he's just. We were kicking around like, would McVay be the first guy to just not pay his quarterback? Just be like, nah, we're good. We'll draft somebody else. Like my system will will win that. You know, wins out. Um, they'll pay him, but yeah, no, I get, I get your point. Like, I'm so good. I can turn anybody into a borderline pro bowler. Although everybody's a borderline pro bowler at the quarterback position. I don't know what I would do this. I mean, look, I figure out a way to do the job every day. Cause that's, that's what you do. But this, when I listen to some of the lead up stuff to it, it's just that two weeks thing is too much. It's it brutal. Just is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brutal. so. T- like well, the shows- good thing is the Anthony. Da- I mean, the Anthony Davis stuff couldn't have come at a better time. Like this has been awesome. Uh, you know, we would have probably talked more NBA to begin with. We wanted to start kicking up the coverage there, but the Anthony Davis storage. You know, basically, we didn't talk a ton of football to be honest with you. The first two days of this week. No, I don't really blame you because you just get so burnt out. But we, I mean, we were doing five days, and then ESPN cut it down to. We're in Arizona. Were we five days in Arizona? I can't remember. I'm usually pretty good with that stuff. Because San Francisco was the first wake-up call. I did this all on the ringer where I did all my Super Bowl memories from all the Super Bowls that I've gone to, but it wasn't anything to do with the game because I've never gone to the game. And I just was like, when when Scott and I, all of our setups in all the different cities, and then it was the first year with Danny and I in San Francisco, and it was a table in Radio Row. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And it was it was so bad that that managers were like bummed out for us. And we were in a commercial break, and somebody's like, "What what's going on here?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know either." He's like, "Are you upset?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not pumped, but you know, I got I got what shows to do, do. So yeah. yeah, I go. I, do you want me to be upset later? Because we can schedule a time for me to be upset <laughs> later. But I don't I don't really know what to tell you right now. You know, we got. We got three hours to go. He's like, all right, all right. <laughs> and it was like the biggest, it was such a wake up call. I wasn't like, there, but the next year I went in Houston. That's when we played pickup with Gottlieb and yeah. all those dudes. And we had set, a better setup. Yeah, setup year. was all right there. Uh, but that was, that was the only time I've ever been to Radio Row. That's the only time I've been to a Super Bowl. Well, I didn't go to the game either, but honestly, yeah, I don't people, really want to go to the game. People dump on Radio Row because 
oh, you know, it's all these radio, you know, goose and all this stuff, but it's, it's kind of where you're supposed to be if you're in the industry. You know, at some point you're supposed to be there. So yeah, I'm flying out to Atlanta today and I will not be hits? on Radio Row. I was going to say, no. <laughs> I don't, I thought about plugging something. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would make sense to promote the podcast, and it'd be funny if you showed up and just like plugged a fake brand. Like, yeah, you just got to plug my, you know, you got to plug my new apparel brand. And just yeah, like make one year we up. we were having a hard time getting Tebow, and he worked with us. And and Canel and I are like, what do you mean? And like, well, he's here with Avocado. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like he's here with the Avocado brand. I'm like, what? What is that? They're like physical avocados. He's here. He's here on behalf of avocados, and so. We're going to have to talk to the avocado people. We're like, can you just tell them Rosillo and Canel want to talk to him for seven, eight minutes? This shouldn't be that big of a deal. And You'd like, be surprised well, at the emails that I get pitching ESPN NFL analysts. You're like, yeah, but that guy, like, we have him on every week. Why do I have to, why do I have to have a pitch now? Yeah. Why do I have to go <laughs> yeah. through Prestone? So then, believe it or not, Tebow showed up. Tebow showed up with an avocado. Like he was eating avocado. Just mashed just up. Was nothing like, else? That's it? Ugh. It was avocado mashed up with maybe some, I know you can salt it, but he probably wouldn't even want salt on his. I don't know if there was olive oil or something. And he just, he was there and it was like this hoodie that was kind of cut off sleeves. Mm-hmm. Is that when <laughs> Canel wanted to get a cut off sleeve hoodie? I think that's what's, what sparked that. Yeah. Canel totally. immediately bought like five of them. Started yeah, wearing to them on the show. Yeah, just trying to figure out which one worked for him, which one popped. <laughs> and so he's sitting there, he's eating his avocado, and we're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, right. the other, the other great one was, was it TJ Ward? Oh, forgot, yeah. Forgot Vance Joseph's name. Oh, that's, uh, he was great though. He was awesome. Yeah, I remember, ah, that's right. And that's when Canel, when I, Canel, it was like the second question. Canel's <laughs> like, Hey man, so you're like hanging out, you got your jewelry, you got your chains. <laughs> you and I turned, chains. I was like, what? <laughs> like who, That's right. who brought the Jamie Kennedy experience? Like what? Hey, Machine Gun Kelly, I didn't know you were co-hosting with me today. Oh yeah, he's like, you got hey, those man. chains. He's like, you just hanging out, man, you got, you got your chains, you got your jewelry. I was like, what? Do you remember? And then when I, I think oh, I, we've had that got, as a drop for the longest I, time. Yeah. I got in the talk back and I was like, cut that up immediately. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but see, I give Canel, this is something that people, Canel was, was, nobody was better at making fun of himself than Canel. Hold on. I think I may have that audio. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah. You know, it's worth it. It's worth it. So yeah, Canel for all, for all the crap he took all the time, he was probably the best I've ever worked with at being like, yeah, man, just make fun of me the whole time. He's like, I don't care. All right. Here we go. You're sporting some chains. <laughs> yeah. You're sporting some chains. <laughs> That's it. I forgot about that. <laughs> he, uh, TJ also forgot Vance Joseph. He yeah. forgot the coach's name just as Vance had gotten the gig, which is, you know, it wasn't like he was there five years with him or something, but it was, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this isn't a good sign. He doesn't know who he is. Uh, You're sporting some chains. <laughs> I added in the part about the jewelry, I guess. I, the, the story that may have been in there too, honestly, but I wouldn't put it past him. But that, yeah, we, uh, man, I forgot about he that. He just totally started talking like a black guy. Yep. That's, uh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Yep. And we were like, whoa, you're really, you're Wanted a to sound cool, man. 
yeah. for the culture. So, yeah, that was the last one. Yeah, Houston's the last one because then I wasn't, we weren't, well, I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have a show anymore. So, um, that was that. Yeah, so I've been, I've been thinking about you guys this week because I go, I can't, like the Brady legacy one, it's like, well, what if he does, it? I just, I think whatever's happened, I think about two years ago, there's, there's no more updating of him on any of this. Well, the and reason the, it came up is because we were talking about LeBron, right? LeBron's what, three and five in finals. Yeah. And the three and five for LeBron is looked at so much differently than the five and three from Brady. And like, I, all right. Yeah. I get it. It's two, two wins and two losses, but still like they've both been to eight and one of them is looked at as like a bum failure sometimes. And Brady's obviously the goat. I just don't think anybody should look at LeBron as the failure there thing, but it's just as much as I want to have an open mind about who's better, Jordan, LeBron, it's just, it's such a difficult thing to get past the 6-0 and thing. But maybe that's, you know, maybe it should be that easy or maybe it shouldn't be. But uh, I, what I what I don't like is is if Brady had lost, you know, it was 5-3 and three more impressive than 5-4, and four, and if Brady had lost against the Chiefs, if the Chiefs won the toss and Mahomes goes right down and scores, which they probably would have, then it's Brady's better. In some guy's eyes, like, I already know that dude who'll do that on TV. He'll just go, well, you know, five and four, and he's practically 500. Then he'll start doing the stuff where it's like, okay, but, you know, if you really want to break it down, the guy could be 0 and 9. <laughs> yeah, or they'll bring, you know, the yeah. NFC East, or the AFC East into it. You know. Yeah, the, it, the AFC East sucking now has become a real talking point about Brady. Like, if you want to poke holes in the whole Patriots Brady thing, all of a sudden it's, oh, well, why did it take people like 15 years on that one? I mean, there's always arguments to be made for and against guys. There just are. Nobody, you know, nobody really is is that clean other than Jordan. Like, Jordan screws it up for everybody. I mean, Magic made the NBA Finals. Uh, let me double-check that. Is it nine? Is it nine of 12 years he played? I think that's what it is. I think it's nine chance for, for a championship in 12 years. And I never feel like it's brought up. And, like, that to me is nuts, you know? I think, yeah, he's been to nine, one five. Yeah, let me see here. So, uh, Lakers, 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 Lakers. That's nine. Nine from 91 until... Yeah, 80 to 91. Okay, we're going to probably have to do 30 minutes on fighting guys at work because now I'm talking as I'm reading basketball reference again. So that's today's podcast. So I hope that, you know, I don't know if any of that, Anthony Davis. I got like two calls right now. And so by the time this posts, maybe I'll be completely outdated or maybe there'll be a better understanding of what the hell's going on here. So everybody have a great week. Uh, you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. What are you doing, Saruti? You got a party with the wife? No, uh... What am I doing? Just hanging out, you know. Actually, she's away this weekend. It's been a big FIFA weekend for your boy. Ooh, all yeah. right. Yeah, we can make some transactions. Yeah. I like it. Build up some wingers. Or ultimate team. All right. All right. Rate, review, subscribe to the Rosilla Show podcast, and uh, that'll do it. You're supporting some change.